what's up everybody welcome back to the longer life podcast as always i am your host joe longa and i'm super stoked and grateful to have you all here today on the show today we have doctors rochelle bean and michael goldstein um i was introduced to dr rochelle bean on the quantum healing collective she was amazing and had to have her on Uh, when i talked about having her on she's invited she asked me if she could invite her husband on with her Uh, they share a practice together in walpole mass um, at an office called the holistic center in bristol at bristol square Um, they are nis method practitioners which is an incredible method of healing which basically brings the brain back online to help the body do it. It, it, The brain's doing its job. It's telling the body how to heal using its own mechanisms to do so. Um, On top of that, they are constantly learning and integrating new methods into healing, all natural, really trying to get away from our current method of pumping the body full of different pharmaceuticals, trying to just mask problems. They get to the root of these problems and heal them. I'm blown away by their work. I think they're at the really at the cutting edge of what the future of medicine is going to be. Uh, the more and more people begin to realize that they're not being healed as they're you know continuing to take medications. They're just putting a lid on uh, uh, symptoms that just continue to keep getting worse and worse and worse over time. Um, I don't want to take away from our current medical system. They've done incredible things, but I do believe that there is new ways of healing that are less invasive and more effective at a full spectrum healing throughout the whole body. So in this episode, we go through some cool stuff. We talk a lot about uh, vitamin and mineral content in our bodies and how that affects us. Um, we talk about some amazing stories of healing that they've uh, that they've experienced in their own lives and stuff that they've also helped with some of their clients with. Uh, it's just really, this is an exciting episode. Again, I said it last week, but this is one of my favorites. Um, another one of those episodes is a packed with information possibly might want to take some notes um if you're into it as always i kind of say that and i'm starting to realize that i shouldn't be pressuring you guys to like go to school when you listen to this but if you're down with it take some notes because there's some awesome little tidbits about different vitamins minerals where they come from what they do in the body how your systems work and in 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 the order in which they work in all that wild stuff these are great people they're passionate about what they're doing this is more than a job this is a lifestyle for both of them as you'll hear throughout this episode and uh I just really enjoyed it, and I think you guys will too. So thank you all so much for listening to these shows faithfully and considering your own health and maybe trying some of these things out that you hear on the show. So I'm grateful for all of you. Um, Forgive my raspy voice in today's intro. I don't know where it came from, (laughs) but I love you all so much, and uh, take a deep breath. Get ready for this incredible information delivered by doctors Rochelle Bean and Michael Goldstein. So how are you both? Really good. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I appreciate you very much for doing this because I know it's late and I'm sure you both work today. So uh, (laughs) thank you so much. We were lucky enough to come home to have dinner on the table waiting for us. So it was oh, okay. That's awesome. You can't beat that. Yeah. I tried to do that for my wife. I'm a stay-at-home dad, so my wife, she runs her own little hair salon. 
So when she gets done with work, I like to have dinner on the table for her. Tonight it was taco. So. <laughs> taco Thursday. Taco Thursday. Sometimes you got to move it to Thursday. It's usually Tuesday, but you got to move it to Thursday every now and again. Well, so, that's good. Uh, I'm super excited to talk to you guys. I uh, I had a great time talking to you. It's and I make make sure I say this right, Rochelle, because I'm going to do Doctor Rochelle and Doctor Michael. Does that work? That's perfect. Excellent. So it was great talking to you, Doctor Rochelle, when you had uh, came on the Quantum Healing Collective. But I'm excited to dive more into some of the stuff that you guys do in your practices. Mm-hmm. How you guys got there? Maybe some of the story that you know got you guys doing this together, which I think is fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah, some of that stuff. Explain a little bit about what you do, too. That'd be okay. awesome. You want to start? You want me to start? Sure. Uh, I think the reason why it would be more appropriate if I started was we started to learn the work after I had a health illness about 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in the hospital for about 10 days. And when we got out and trying to manage a new thing, what was changing in our life. Uh, a very close friend of ours, a colleague, had come forward, heard, hearing that I had been sick, and brought some suggestions. And because he was very instrumental in my wife going in the direction she has in healthcare, uh, he, he just went through our conversation, told us what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was very intriguing because we had done a lot of this work over the years, mm-hmm. but it was another step up to a different level of what we were doing in understanding how the brain really does its job in healing and the speed up which it can process information. And that's where it took us. And from there, he gave us some information. We started working with the young boy and we started seeing the results very quickly, which really intrigued us. And from there, we said, we got to go and take the official you know, classwork. Mm-hmm. And we decided to, after doing this for several years, to go to another level, to the mastery level of what we're doing and where we are today. Absolutely beautiful. So Joe, what you might find interesting, and we had spoken on quantum healing, and I had told this story of my son. So mm. 24 years ago, when we originally started our journey in the holistic realm, um, this led us to what we were doing uh, when my husband got sick. We already had a framework because we had started doing holistic work 24 years ago uh, after Adam was born. And it was the work that really helped him get to the point where he didn't need any services. He was a preemie. He was born eight weeks early. Um, It was a chiropractic adjustment that saved my son's life. Uh, mm. we would, he was going to go on a ventilator. I adjusted him. His oxygen sat rate went very, very high to a hundred percent. He opened his eyes. He started responding and he didn't need to go on a ventilator. And so we knew that the work we were doing then was very powerful, but we mm-hmm. had no idea how powerful the work would be down the road to really bring the brain on board, to turn the power on, to give somebody the ability to heal in a way that practicing as chiropractors, which you always practiced as chiropractors coming out of school and we met in school, um, had a certain potential. This just brought it way beyond Mm -hmm. uh, anything we could ever think of. And so after doing uh, the initial work, adding nutrition into the practice and um, looking at different health potential of patients and adding in some muscle testing as an analysis and adding in the nutrition piece, we were very lucky to be introduced to a young boy uh, 
who was five years old and he had been diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. And Owen's story is, is really a miraculous one because not only was it miraculous for us because it showed us the potential of the work that we were about to embark on, but it also was miraculous for what it did for Owen in his life. And we actually made a documentary of this. It's on our website. Um, and so when Owen came to us, he could say words, but he was not um, uh, partaking in what I would call language. There was no conversation. His eyes just stared. Um, he was almost like a savant. He would say the same word over and over and over again, but there was no context to his sentence or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, when Owen was brought, he was a little boy, he was brought to um, Mass General Ladders. They told his mom at 18 months old, yes, he is autistic. He's severely autistic and you should really commit him, but he's never going to have a life. Wow. And that's what his mom was told. And she was not willing to accept it. And she really was the hero in the story because... Yeah. She decided on her own to go on a health journey and started changing the foods that she was giving him, you know, mm. oil organic and minerals and things like that. And then I was speaking at a mom's group and she heard me and she decided to bring Owen in. And pretty quickly, I would say what, within three months, we started seeing a huge change in him with language, with wow. eye contact, um, with his behavior, um, because he was becoming less frustrated because he was able to communicate a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so that made a very huge difference as well. Um, fast forward to today, Owen is 17. He's 17. Wow. He, he does go to a special school, but he has full language, full social skills. Wow. He comes bounding into our office. Hi, how are you? Oh my God, did you miss me? Like you would never know that this kid was autistic and had no language. Uh, he has friends, he has a life. Uh, he, he's very bright. So he'll probably go to some form of college through the school he goes to on the Cape. He'll stay there till he's 22. Mm -hmm. He wants to go into urban planning. He's always been fascinated with the way roads go and things like that. It's just pretty incredible to see that this was a child that, Mass General Ladders had given up on. Mm. And when Owen was about 10, so he was he was pretty recovered by a significant amount. Um, his mom, Denise, decided to bring him back to Mass General to show them. Mm. And he walked in and he said, hi, I'm, I'm Owen. I'm here for my appointment. And the secretary had remembered him and said to the mom, this can't be. No way. And she said, no, this is Owen. And Mass General Ladders responded by saying, this is our first recovery. Whoa, whoa, this is beautiful. And now this is with the, uh, the NIS method. NIS work, yes, the neurological integrative systems work, which is so powerful, bringing the brain on board um, to communicate with the body and also repairing. The most important thing I think, and I think my husband would agree, is not only does it open the track so the commun for communication between the brain and the body, but it repairs the neurological tracks as well. Do you mm. agree, Michael, that that's the, one of the most important things that the NIS can do? Well, it helps, it helps the brain do it in a more functional state. Um, the NIS is the basic form of what we do, but one thing just to move forward from what Rochelle was saying was that uh, I had another health episode several years ago, 
And then I started going down the road for functional medicine because I found that that was another venue that would be really instrumental in helping us both on certain levels of where we may have come across some crossroads. Mm -hmm. And from there, that really has helped us identify things in a different way than what we had done before. And the NIS work, the, the, the Neuralink work, definitely is the ground basis, but we've also added other components as time has gone on because it gave us a better understanding and really a, a much better, broader way of looking at things than what we had done previously. Mm. We, keep, mm. we keep adding pieces, Joe. So depending upon life circumstances, who's come into the office, mm -hmm. um, it has forced us to go beyond what we know and to learn more. Mm. And so we've been adding pieces all through the 30 years of our practice now to a point where it's not just one thing that we do. We've created our own way of doing things, utilizing these other tools. Mm. And um, I think the key to why we're so successful in doing what we do is because we have so many tools in our mm. toolbox. And it seems as though too, which is interesting, is that because of, because of your willingness to go after those new tools, you have the ability to do what, what, what couldn't be done for Owen by the, 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 the mainstream medical system. You didn't just stop at a wall and say, well, looks like we can't get you guys go through the wall. You find a new way and you integrate it into your system after that, which I think is even cooler. It's not just something that you, you use for that one particular patient. It seems like it's now become part of your integration. And for me, this seems as looking, especially at what our current situation is, is this may be a new way of looking at our health and our medical system and the way that we do things. Instead of it being so based upon a pharmaceutical system, let's work, let's work every single angle. My father's an auto mechanic. And if he went just by, there's a program that they use on a computer called all data. And if there's something that comes up that they have a problem with, they need to diagnose it and go to all data and check it out. And it will give them a scenario. If my father only went by all data, there would be moments where cars just wouldn't get fixed because if he couldn't, if it didn't match all data, well, looks like it doesn't get fixed, but he goes in, he dives deep and then it becomes something that he learns. Right. It's, it's interesting that you guys have tapped into this knowledge. It's awesome, actually. I think one thing that I think are the next step that we're looking to first expand on and be able to do that is really the emotional connection between that and our health. And as mm. you may see personally or speaking with others, the mental health stress that everybody is dealing with every day or at, for different levels and different ways, it's really creating a lot of physical stress on the body. Then you take into consideration people's past health, you know, mental challenges that they deal with. Um, and it's very sad that we see so many young people coming in with anxiety and depression at mm -hmm. such an early age. And not only is it you know, from the mental, but people don't realize what they're eating is also contributing to what's going on. Mm. So there's a, a many different points that one needs to take into consideration mm. in being able to um, add um, that component to help another person at that stage. And mm -hmm. that's the next step of where we chose and we are going to be going in that direction because we see it and people, we, people get, we get asked that question so yeah, many trauma, times. Trauma is trauma a is huge, a big thing to huge piece because it sets 
um, your health destiny down road that sometimes that if you're only following the allopathic model, mm -hmm. that you go down a road and there's a point of no return. You can't come back allopathically. Yes. And the reason is, is because they're not considering the trauma. And with some of the work that we are doing currently, trauma comes up a lot. And so we can only go so far in the work we're doing, which is why we're going to um, be learning this new trauma work so that we can go even further to help correct or rewire the trauma uh, which is creating almost like a PTSD for the patient mm -hmm. and also will set the patient up in what we call a fight or flight. And they're constantly in a fight or flight and then they can't heal when they're in a fight or flight. Mm -hmm. They can't sleep when they're in a fight or flight. And that leads them to the anxiety and then the depression and, and the insomnia and the, and the mm -hmm. pain. And so when they go to the, you know, the medical doctor, all they're offered are pills to cover up all of these symptoms, but the initial the initial core reason for this happening is never really dealt with. And mm. so we're going to be adding that piece as well. And we love, we love this journey because it never ends. I mean, the more you learn, the more you realize, the less you know, in a sense, it's like yeah. there's that much more and you just want to add it. Mm. Which is good though. You have to, I'm glad that you are open to that and not, uh, Doing what us humans like to do is just thinking that, okay, once I got to figure it out, I got to figure it out. And you guys are constantly in that learning stage. One thing I really want to talk about, which you had mentioned, Dr. Mike, is, is, is the food <clears throat> related to anxiety. Because I think that that's something that I'm really passionate about personally, because I suffered myself with tremendous anxiety for a long time. And I use multiple different modalities to change that anxiety. And, and it was not medication that did it. And one of them was changing my diet. And I moved over to a lot of organic foods, and cut out a lot of crap. Maybe you can just explain to people why that stuff messes with your neurological system. Oh, great question. And one of the things we do in the office, which has really been helpful, is we offer people a chance to do what we call a micronutrient test, which is really helpful. Why because you see not what a person's eating, even though they're eating well, but what are they absorbing? Because the old adage, you are what you eat, but more importantly, it's what your body absorbs. You know, you, you got, you know, it's not like a piece of Teflon, you don't want it to go out, but you want to soak, suck, it, suck it in just like a sponge. And so people don't realize that what goes on in your gut affects your brain. And you have a very important part of your new nervous system that is coming forward called your enteric nervous system. That's the communication channel between your gut and your brain. And that, if you have any young children, that's the only way they communicate or understand what's going on. So when people are put on certain medications, it, it breaks that nervous system down. And mm. so at the same time, you lose important nutrient value Vitamin D is often broken down. A lot of the B complexes for brain support and function mm. and energy and so forth is disrupted. Zinc is lost. Magnesium is such an underused um, supplement because it's so vital for over like 500 different enzyme mm. reactions. So these are things that happen. So when you're on a medication, it's breaking it down. That's one of the things we see. So we're able to see a person's level, what they may need, add their diet, mm -hmm. add these things, more colorful things. Why buy organic with certain things and not necessarily others? Because at the same time, I don't spend people's money, but I want them to understand if you're going to spend money in a certain way, 
these are better choices than the other ones. Totally. So pick and choose. And, you know, I, I do a lot of the food shopping. And as a result, I know prices and I direct people in multiple, you know, to multiple locations because that's an important part. Everybody wants yeah. to save a couple of dollars when they go food shopping and food has only become more expensive. Totally. Especially so, on the organic end, which is yeah, mind, yeah. mind blowing. If you think about it, <laughs> it takes less chemicals to to grow the product and it's cost more money i understand that right. there are less farms and there's travel and there's there's all sorts of things that have been fed to us for the reason why that is but it's it is still mind-blowing to me one thing i i, I love to ask too is the effect of two different things um antibiotics and glyphosate because i know glyphosate is in a lot of our let's talk about that <laughs> yeah because i know because in my mind i it's so interesting to me <clears throat> that glyphosate seems to have come on the scene and then all of a sudden we get this explosion of like Crohn's and celiac and all these diseases. And it's ironic because I feel like people have been eating some of the products that those are being blamed for the, the diseases that those are being attributed to. I feel like those products have been being used in our society for some thousands of years, but has something changed in the product itself that is now causing the problem? So maybe we can speak to a little bit of that. The last thing I want to say is on that micronutrient test, there are two elements that give us an indication if there is too much glyphosate in their system. One is manganese and the other one is potassium mm. because the manganese, if you see a certain level, below a certain level, it tells us that that could be one of the causes uh, is the glyphosate um, poisoning. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the potassium because potassium, uh, not potassium, excuse me, uh, vitamin K mm -hmm. is important for helping you grow your proper uh, bacterial in your gut. And so when those things are broken down, your immune system is suppressed. And mm -hmm. as a result, you're more vulnerable. So with the glyphosate, um, it does, it breaks down the zonulin, which uh, it, it's like the cement that holds the cells together. Okay. So it creates portals, if you will, in the gut. Uh, for your food, which is supposed to stay in your gut, to pass through the gut lining into the bloodstream, and then it can go anywhere, causing inflammation. Mm. And that, that's the biggest problem, is that it breaks down the lining of the gut, and it can cause inflammation. And when you have something like an IBS or a Crohn's, it really creates huge amounts of chronic inflammation. And then the body thinks, wow, like I'm under attack. And so mm -hmm. then it starts attacking itself. Which is autoimmune disease. Is autoimmune disease. Exactly. Because mm. inflammation will lead to autoimmune disease. It just so it's, it's so wild, the connections to all this stuff. And it, it's actually kind of baffling that it's just not being talked about more. That like all these connections, that's a very simple connection, which you just made right there. And I am not a doctor. And I have very minimal. I've only a, I'm a computer doctor, I guess you could say. I've, I've done my research via my own self, reading books and looking on the internet. And I get this innate, like knowing that what you're talking about makes so much sense. It just makes sense. It's something that doesn't exist in nature that's being added to the body. The body doesn't understand how to do anything with it because our body is nature. And then it reacts in a way that's causing the body to defend itself so much to the point that it could actually be killing its own self by autoimmune disease. It just makes too much also sense realize that it's not just the glyphosate, but you have all of these, um, you know, um, I want to say what bioengineered foods 
yeah, yes. GMOs, you know, genetically modified foods. And one of the big ones is actually corn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And wheat. Mm-hmm. And corn and wheat are in almost everything. And then we add the whole soybean issue, right? For mm. soybean oil in everything. And you take those three genetically modified foods and you combine that with the glyphosate and it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah. And if you really think about it, I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but I remember in the seventies when um, we had the sugar tax. And so a lot of the food companies, General Mills and so forth, decided that they were going to use high fructose corn syrup because corn sugar or corn syrup was cheaper Mm. than paying the taxes on cane sugar. And that is the, the first time in the history, I think, of that food where things really started to be genetically modified mm. just by fortifying all these foods with high fructose corn syrup and taking out the organic sugar. Mm. And uh, I saw a lot of people's health change after that. Yeah. I saw I, where I lived in uh, New York, where I grew up on Long Island we started seeing huge cases of women with breast cancer and just cancer in general. Wow. Um, we started seeing a lot of changes in the way people were just really going to the supermarket to buy rather than as a little girl. I remember I went to the fruit and vegetable store with my mom. I went to the bakery to get bread. I went to the butcher to buy the meat yeah. and the chicken. We went to the fish store to buy our fish. And those stores over time have really disappeared. I think when we moved to Massachusetts, we were both shocked coming from New York that those things barely exist here. Yeah. And we've watched since we've moved here, the bakeries go out of business. You want to buy baked goods, you go to the supermarket now. The supermarket is where you buy your fish. The supermarket, it's, it's just not, it's all mass produced mm. and it's not good quality and it doesn't provide us with the nutrition that we really need. Mm. And so- People really do need to supplement. Yeah. And that's overwhelming, I think, for a lot of people because they say, totally. well, I don't know what to buy. Should I just go to CVS and get a, a multivitamin? Or, I, you know, patients will say to me, well, I take the Costco brand or I buy it at BJ's because it's cheaper. Mm. But the problem is, is that you, you buy cheap. These things are less bioavailable. You're not absorbing them mm. and you're not utilizing them. And so sometimes they food. have, and sometimes they have that same high fructose corn syrup in yes, it somewhere. In those, in it's hidden. Ones. It's hidden. Yep. You know, a lot of these things, I think uh, that's something that, you know, it's talked about as a conspiracy theory, but it's not a conspiracy theory. It's fact. Some of these places are, some of these vitamins and these companies are owned <laughs> by the same companies that are putting the other poisons in. So mm-hmm. it's, they, they found the back door to make sure that the people that they thought they were going to lose all you have to do is put a label on it that looks natural. And un- unfortunately, and I don't mean to just be derogatory towards our, our species, but there's a laziness that comes in. And it's just because our brain has to work a lot. And if you put something that looks like it's natural on the shelf, and it takes that whole spot of having to turn it over and do the reading for the customer away, sure, pick that, put it in the, put it on the shelf. Look at it. It's, it's got the brown label with the green lettering and it. It looks like it's made of paper instead of plastic. Yeah, it's healthy. And then you turn it over and it's like, oh my God, I can't read anything that's in here. Mm-hmm. This high fructose corn syrup is one of the top ingredients for some weird reason in a vitamin. Like why did, that's the stuff I think that really is the next step in, in knowledge for 
people. And I don't know if you guys have had that had that happen to you where people go out and they get all these items that you tell them to get, get and they get the, like you said, the cheap ones. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's doing the same destructive damage, right? So one of the things that we do um, is, well, before COVID, we, <laughs> do, we do lectures in the office. And one of them that we do is really how to navigate through the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And, and really how to be a better shopper and read labels because we've really found that people really don't know what they're reading. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. And so they're looking at the fat and the calories and they're looking at maybe grams of sugar, maybe, but they're not looking at the ingredients. Mm-hmm. So we try to educate them that if high fructose corn syrup is on the label, you should never buy it. Mm-hmm. There are two things we tell them you should never buy anything with high fructose corn syrup and food dyes because food dyes, right? Are they're made from petroleum and people don't know that, that they're made from petroleum. And so they're in the UK, you can't even use food dyes in your food. It's been outlawed, Mm. (laughs) but here in America, we want to make it pretty for our children. So they want these lollipops and they want the candy and they, and so we put it in these things to make it look better. Mm. And food dyes are in things that you, you can't even imagine. And of course, in all, even like children's Tylenol and, you know, now they're, they're starting to get a little smarter and you start to see the dye free options because of all right. of the allergens, you know, but years ago we used to see that and even with our son, one of the first thing we noticed before we knew about it, Adam had um, issues with tone in his tongue because he was born so early. And so the OT would come and she would give him a piece of red licorice. So he would wrap his tongue around it and get the muscle of his tongue stronger. Wow. And we would notice his ears would get red and he would become very irritable. Mm. And it took us a little while to make the connection. No kidding. Because was we from, didn't know. What it was from the dyes. It was from the dyes. The... No kidding. So yeah. it's it, what I'm what see this is this is the thing that I think I'm really I'm starting to understand and it, and it seems to not, not just be food wise too this is something that I'm on like we've talked about now in vitamins so as we begin to put like these foreign substances so to speak in our body I can I attribute it to like putting sugar in the gas tank of a car you know what I mean so although it's natural the car is an unnatural thing we've built it it's a mechanical machine so it can run on non natural things like gasoline that's been refined and turned into something but you put sugar in it and it destroys it we're like the inverse of like the reverse of that like we're a natural being and like if you start putting enough chemicals in this thing our filters are just going to get jacked up and clogged with stuff we can't go to the store and buy new filters like you can for the car so it's like as we're watching the disease ramp up, as we're watching the sicknesses ramp up, the the obesity levels go up, the, all the stuff go up. It it just seems kind of odd to me that we haven't attributed to all this stuff that we're talking about right now. The, the chemicals that we've added to the food, the chemicals that we've added to our our supplements, the chemicals that we've added to our medications. I mean, you said petroleum. It's so interesting to think about that. Like most of our pharmaceutical drugs are made of a petroleum based product (laughs) and then we live in a place that's like petroleum world usa so it's just so it's the connections between these things are interesting and it's also interesting to see that this type of medicine that you guys are doing is not 
becoming the forefront of the of the medicine. So there's like a correlation there to me. And I like I said, I hate I hate the word conspiracy theorist. I just see truth truth seeker, and it just seems that we're missing a truth here, or ignoring a truth. The one thing I would say is you're seeing, and we're definitely seeing more and more people looking to find a better way of living. Mm. And when you've had some health challenges as you get a little bit older and it's not being resolved, you start to look in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And though people used to call it alternative, I really call it mainstream because more and more people are open-minded because one, like you hear, they don't want to just take a pill for no reason and and not see any benefit. Mm. So people are using functional medicine practitioners, MDs, who are looking things in a different way than traditional non-functional uh, doctors do. Mm. Um, so we've, we've incorporated that because we're looking at it from a holistic perspective, but also adding a little bit of an improved diagnostic approach to give us more information so we can guide people in their health journey. And that's something that is a continuation of you know, everybody's, everybody's existence, mm. but trying to figure out where that problem is coming from is the biggest challenge and have people having patience. Everybody lives in a day of, <laughs> yes, you know, everything is a self gratification right away. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, unfortunately the body doesn't respond to a text message, you know, get going. Yeah. You know, so that's the hard part that people have to have the sooner you are you know, dealing with something, expect there are going to be some challenges along the way because it doesn't go up in a straight hill. There's those ups and down moments and mm. learning to stay with something is the key to success. Mm. Now, how about home hormones involved in all this stuff? Like how, how about our hormonal levels, especially once we get like this high levels of stress, what can this stuff do to our hormones and how does that like affect us? Can guests speak to anything like that? Well, it affects our cortisol levels. When you mm -hmm. have stress, it's going to affect your adrenal glands and the adrenal cortex will secrete cortisol. And when you're secreting cortisol all the time, you're in an inflammatory state. Mm. It really puts the body into inflammation. And so when somebody is stressed out all the time and they can never shut it down, they, their brain creates this loop, if you will, and mm. they can't get out of it until there is some assistance. So whether that's through drugs by going to your doctor and getting like anti-anxiety drugs or something to try and shut it down, or coming to us to find out what the stressor is that put you into that loop in the first place, mm. um, then you can change that loop and you can heal that pathway mm. and pull that person out of that fight or flight, if you will. Yeah. Um, here's the other piece too. So the endocrine system really starts at something called the hypothalamus, which is, is the master gland in the brain. And it tells the pituitary what to secrete. And then the pituitary will go to the pancreas and it goes to um, the, the adrenal glands and it goes to the ovaries and it goes to the uterus. And mm. so it also secretes hormone to the kidneys, mm. you know, so it also secretes hormones that tell the body different glands what to do. So if there is a stressor in the brain, in that hypothalamus or in that pituitary, you're going to get a change in hormone function. And what's interesting is that I get a lot of women who come in going through menopause and it's just accepted that you're supposed to have hot flashes and you're supposed to be, you know, uh, irritable and mood swings and, mm -hmm. you know, all these horrible things that we're told will happen. Um, and very often I find it's not a hormone issue. 
very often it's a metal or chemical issue in the brain. And it's a stressor, whether it's from, uh, whether it's from laundry detergent that they're using or uh, artificial sweeteners, or it could be from metals from dental work or um, from uh, uh, metals from, let's say, baking in in aluminum uh, tins and using aluminum foil and cookware and so forth. And so one of the things that we do is we will identify what the stressor is in this gland and usually it's chemicals and metals and it could be glyphosate it could be a whole bunch of things and once we start detoxing out the body from that substance the symptoms go away Mm. and the women will say to me oh my god but i was told it was my hormones (laughs) and it and it wasn't it was Mm. the gland that was producing the hormones that couldn't work right Mm. which makes perfect sense which makes perfect sense so when you turn those things down you don't get symptoms Mm -hmm. and you know i always say i mean i'm 60 years old and i've never had a hot flash and people look at me and say what Mm. i don't have any of the symptoms of of menopause Mm. i never did Mm. and you know so you know you say well is that genetic is that this well the Mm. truth is we eat very clean Mm -hmm. and we do this work and we take good care of ourselves. And so I really think that contributes mm. to having optimal function. And when you mm. have optimal function, you don't get symptoms. It's like basically you, you, you're, you're like a system operator. And you're making sure as a system operator that the system, the system is functioning properly. And if you're standing on the turret and you're looking down at everything and you notice something that's not working correctly, you go take care of it. But I feel right. like a lot of us aren't really taught to look at that first off. Then we go to somebody who wasn't taught to look at it in the proper way. And that you have people like yourself who has have a much more like full approach. Let's look at every angle, every, every space, everything like that, which is awesome. Another thing I want to ask you, go ahead. Mike, are you about to no, say something? I was going to say, because you bring in a very important point. Uh, we see a lot of nurses in our practice. Mm-hmm. And I, I laugh because I love taking care of nurses. Um, not only be talking clinically, but because of what they see on the opposite side. Mm. And Mm. when you bring something to their awareness or make them more aware of looking at things in a different way than before, the bulb goes on even brighter. Mm. And so you're trying to change that. And when you have those people and then they bring it to work and it's kind of interesting when you go there and I've had these health issues and I speak to the nurses when I was getting my procedures the funniest part, they would ask me questions. They were fascinated with the work that we were doing in, in, in the hospital. So they are open, and they're the ones that really are frontline to communicate with people mm. because they have such a tremendous input uh, in people's um, health that you know, they have, they're a forefront in a lot of um, traditional MDs office now, mm. you know, a lot of nurse practitioners. Right. But um, once again, it's making people aware of, the direction that is available, but they're not, they've never been educated about it. Well, yeah. Speaking to education. I mean, I actually just recently saw someone, something, uh, or an interview with a bunch of doctors from all over the world. And they'd asked them how long of training they had in nutrition in their, in their practice. And all of them worldwide, not just in the United States worldwide said an hour, maybe less of training in nutrition in that absolutely blows my mind because that's like saying the number one fuel system to our body the the number one thing that like runs everything we have no clue how it all works 
We know how to we know how to put caps on all the systems if they start going awry, and we can turn the system. We can we can put a little cap on all the wild stuff that starts happening, i.e., symptoms. But we don't know how to like turn them off and get to the root of them, and it's it's wild. <laughs> well, when you think about it, look how the food pyramid operates currently. It's gotten us through a lot more of a health crisis than benefiting us. You know, when you look it's at so the pyramid, it's kind of now what they've done is they've switched it around in in what their top number should be as compared to what the bottom tier is like, mm. and that is something that is taking too long of a period to turn that around. That's why people are healthier going back into the 40s and 50s. You know, even though they lived a certain period of time, the quality of their health was better than I think it is today. Totally. I mean, my great-grandma passed away at 104 just recently. Wow. Okay. Wow. But she, amazing, right? But she grew up in a time, like, she was a cigarette smoker and all this stuff. But then I think to myself, like, she didn't get – up in the morning and eat cereal that was made of artificial ingredients, mostly refined sugars that are not real, and then pour milk on it that's been all jacked up. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, she didn't do all that stuff. I mean, maybe in her later years, which may be attributed to even maybe she could have lived longer, which would be even mind-blowing to think about. But it's like, yeah, like we, we there was a period of people talk about like I'll, I'll have these conversations with my with my Nana and God bless her. She's 83. That was her mother that passed away. And she thinks I'm kind of crazy when it comes to this food stuff. She thinks I'm crazy, which is interesting because I have those conversations with her about when she used to go shopping, because that's how my wife and I shop. We'll go to local farms, local meat places. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. To, it's a lot. It's not like a quick day of shopping. It's a full day. But you're getting all this real stuff. I talked to her about it. She used to do stuff like that. But then that went away. And for some weird reason, it's like, thank God that happened. It's made my life easier. And I'm like, you just don't understand that. It may have made the process easier. But your longevity is going to be shorter. Your length, your, your, you may live a long time, but is your quality going to be good? Like, that's for me. Like, I want to live a wicked long time. But I want to live a wicked long time like vital. Like I want to be a 94 year old guy going to the gym still. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's so, it's so, it's just all this stuff is so interesting. All the little pieces and the, and the, and the way it all weaves in as a cloth and then it's opened up into where we're at right now. It's kind of insane. Well, I'll tell you when you talk about grandmothers. So my grandmother, um, I think chose to pass away at 99 and a half. Mm -hmm. My wow. grandfather passed away at 97. They had really never been hospitalized, either one, um, never had surgeries, never whatever. Wow. My grandmother was very into yoga. She was very ahead of her time. Wow. And um, she would do yoga every day. And then she met a woman who was a naturopath from Austria. And my grandmother got very, very interested in um, supplements and in eating healthy and on top of that, um, my grandparents were Jewish and so they were kosher. And so mm -hmm. they never really ate in restaurants. They never ate fast food. Um, they ate mostly at home. Mm -hmm. My grandmother went to the butcher to get her meat. She, you know, didn't buy much in the food. So they didn't eat processed food. My grandmother made everything from scratch. She even baked everything from scratch. So they lived a very healthy life and they took a lot of supplements. And they were kind of like the joke in my family that when they would come to visit, that they would bring suitcases of supplements, right, mm -hmm. with them. And I always say that 
people would go, wow, you have really good genes. And I say, yeah, but my grandmother's sisters all died of diabetes and heart disease. Mm. And, mm. and her, her older sister um, had dementia. And then my grandfather's family, they all had cancer, every single one of them. Mm. But my grandparents didn't have those things because they made the choice not to, to they never drank, they ate clean, they, um, they were very spiritual people, they, they lived a very kind of simple kind of life. I mean, they had means, they traveled all over the world, but they really lived a very simple kind of life. And I think it really made a difference. They were very well read. My grandfather read the newspaper every day until mm -hmm. he passed away. You know, he always knew what was going on in the world and, and, you know, everything like that. They were not educated people. They were only high school educated. I don't mm -hmm. even know if my grandfather ever graduated from high school. But, you know, in those years, his father died. He had to go to work. Yeah. Um, but they really, they were my inspiration into going to chiropractic and mm -hmm. to, um, really looking at more holistic ways of doing things. Absolutely beautiful that they were doing that before their time. Before their so time. It's, and it's honestly cool because uh, it shows how gene expression really works because they have the families that are their families. They, they run the same genetic line as, as, as everybody in their family. But because they chose an environment, their genes expressed in a way that, maybe didn't express the cancer gene and then it didn't express the heart disease or any of the other stuff. And those genes may have lived in them. Just like, I think they honestly have the potential to live in almost all of us really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think some people do have these wonder gene pools where they, they just, their genetics are extremely strong and they can put themselves through really terrible environments and live long times. But I do think most of us have a sensitive gene pool. And if you throw us in a bad environment or if we choose to be in a bad environment by eating bad foods, living in a stressful um, space without trying to manage that stress, those genes will express. And that's why I think you're seeing the, the, so much heart disease, so much cancer. Not only is it being expressed because of the stress levels, but because, again, back to the foods that we're eating, we're putting an environment in our body, which is allowing the genes that are in there to express in a way that their environment's telling them to express, you know, we're in chaos. There's stuff in here that's not supposed to be here. Go into fight mode. I would imagine that cortisol has a pretty uh, degenerative effect when turned on for a long period of time in the body. Absolutely. Mm. And would only make sense, it seems, why you, you, most people I know that live in high stress 24 hours a day, seven days a week, are usually the people that walk with a real stiff walk and they get up and uh, everything hurts. Mm -hmm. And it, it's because the body's literally just like dumped in with chemicals that, that's chewing the body to pieces. And they're in the inflammation. Mm. Wow. Well, this... Uh, what you guys do is phenomenal. Like I, uh, this is so exciting. Like I feel like this is the type of thing that the the whole medical system should be talking about. We should be talking about this on a on a deep level with everybody. Like I want to. I, I always say after I learn stuff like this, I want to like stand on top of a mountain and be like, "If you guys know, <laughs> there's something else we could do." Oh, it's just beautiful. You, see, you, you can't save the world. Only mm. those people who want to be helped. And you get those people who come in thinking, you know, we have to do the work. Yes, we're part of their team, but 
we're all responsible for our own health. Mm. You know, mm. I, I, as I say, I'm responsible for me, I, but I just have somebody who can help me identify what's going on or look at others. But you have to do the work and it's not always easy. And, you know, there's changes and choices that you have to make. But the alternative is, as you said before, what's the quality of your life and how long do you want to live in that quality, that really good or bad quality? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, what, what's something that you guys are really excited about right now? How people can get in touch with you? Where to, All that stuff. Like, what, 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 what's, what's, what's uh, new and exciting right now for people to go look at about you guys? Come on, you just in general. So, um, well, I would say the big thing now is, and a lot of people are asking us, you know, in today's day, how do we stay healthy with what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we build our immune system? I think that's the big question a lot of people have. Really, if you think about it, it's not been brought up. Uh, when you And I, t- I say this all the time, and, I, and Michelle and I have this conversation. The part that disturbs me of what's going on now mm-hmm. is that, People are not given any direction of how do you boost your own fighting system within you? And that system is called your immune system. Hmm. So why do you wait? Because if viruses break down the immune system, what can you do to help support the walls that, can, uh, that you're asking it to do for you? You, know, you just can't wait. So what are the proactive things? One of the things I, I see, and we heard from a patient who we saw today, who's working on the front lines in the hospital in Boston wow. and she's dealing with it. And she brought something to our attention. Wait, March, maybe beginning of April, you know, the importance of vitamin D people don't realize how important it is and really how it helps your body suppress any of the effects that the virus can um, mm-hmm. create from an inflammatory perspective, because so many people experience so many different types of issues, but people don't even know about that. So anything to help produce or support your immune system, and there's other things that we'll, we'll go over, is really something that is not really being brought forward to the American public. Mm. Right. So one of the things that I, I think our patients are so grateful for is that we have taken this, um, how do I want to say, like, it's almost like our own little fight to educate all of our patients, you know, and we have been doing that and t- teaching them about how to build your vitamin D, uh, get your D- vitamin D levels checked. It's really interesting. Hey, people think that when their uh, primary does their blood work, automatically it's going to be checked. Oh yeah, no, they said everything's fine. But what's everything? What was being checked? And very often it's not vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I could tell you a little, if, if you have a minute, I could tell you totally, a little totally. story about that. And a perfect example. So March 17th, my sister, who's older than I am by two years, um, had a hip replacement. She had one of the last elective surgeries before they shut the hospitals down for COVID. Wow. And was very afraid to go to rehab and so chose to come to our home to, re- to really recover from her surgery. Okay. Now, one thing that's important for you to know is my sister is very, very obese, okay. very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a big girl. And she's somebody who never really took care of herself and never really ate very well, obviously, to get to the weight that she was at, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So she comes to our house after the surgery, and you're not supposed to cross your legs after the surgery, and I find her one night sleeping with the leg that was operated on crossed over her other mm-hmm. leg. She's on her side. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I run over, and I wake her up, and I tell her, you have to go back on your back and so forth. 
The reason I'm telling you this is she didn't do anything major other than cross her legs. And then the PT came one day and put her through a little rig, rig, a kind of rigorous um, going up and down steps, trying to build her endurance and get her ready to go home. Mm-hmm. And so she goes home and the aide comes to shower her and goes to lift her leg to put it into the tub. And my sister screams. I was there and started hysterical crying mm-hmm. and she couldn't stand on her leg. Oh so God. I brought her to the doctor and he takes an x-ray. She broke her leg. Oh my God. So he kept saying to me, did she fall? I said, no, she didn't fall. How could this happen? The prosthesis literally went right through the bone. It, it fractured the bone. Mm. So she needed emergency surgery. So she goes the next day into emergency surgery, three hours, four, you know, a plate, four wires, uh, the whole thing. And now I tell her she's got to go to rehab because obviously all the steps in my house, she cannot come home to my house to rehab. So she goes to rehab and they put her in isolation because it's COVID time and she deals with some mental issues and she ended up having a psychotic break and she gets out of bed and falls and broke the leg a second time. Same leg. Oh my God. Now I'm saying something's wrong. How could she break the leg twice? So I start doing all my investigating and realize that her vitamin D levels were never checked. Mm. So I called the rehab and I said, listen, you need to take her vitamin D level and tell me what it is. And the way the levels are, 30 is at the low end. Hers was 13. Oh my God. So now they're putting her on prescription vitamin D and I'm starting to notice the anxiety she suffered from for all these years, the depression she has suffered from for all these years. It's starting to go away. But now I'm doing more research and I realize that when a patient comes in with anxiety and depression, you have to look at their vitamin D. You also have to look at uh, magnesium and you have to look at their B vitamins and nutrition is so important. But the biggest thing that angered me was when I mentioned it to the orthopedist and I said, he mentioned to me, oh, she had soft bones. I didn't understand why she had soft bones. Didn't that turn a light bulb on to say soft bones? She has a low vitamin D. Mm. Is it because it's not in the medical system? Is that maybe because? The connection. Holy cow. That's scary. There you go. You one hour of nutritional training. And I love it. That's it right there, right? And if you think about it, what we just covered is nutritional, a lot of nutritional stuff in an hour. If you can, if you think about anybody who's listening right now, that's the length of time that the majority of our medical system got on education for how the, the main thing that regulates your entire system, your nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's more than just food nutrition, because one thing I do know that we get vitamin D from the sun. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting to see that if you see people who spend more and more time inside and they don't go out inside and get that sun. So then you get the compound of, you know, you throw obesity, no sunlight exposure. It's just no wonder why something like that happened. Because most time people who are extremely overweight have a tendency to spend less time outside because it's too difficult to get out there and do those things. The compound effect is wild. And think about it. Where did you see the most casualties with COVID? Hmm. In the nursing homes. Why? They never go outside. They never bring them outside. They're, they're eating institutional food that has no nutrition, calories, but no nutrition. Like hospital food. Right. 
and no one is checking their vitamin and mineral content. Mm. They're just doing a basic blood draw, which tells you, you know, your cholesterol and it will tell you, yes, you're, you know, it will tell you calcium. It will tell you potassium. It tells you certain things, but sodium, but it's not telling you your vitamin and minerals that really are necessary. Mm. And the biggest thing is vitamins. These people are not getting vitamin C. They're not getting vitamin D. They're not getting their B vitamins and what they're eating in, inside. Mm-hmm. And they're never seeing the light of day. It's mm-hmm. a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And it's system-wide. This is making me understand system-wide because our soil is where all this stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. Our vitamin, our magnesium comes from our soil. It's gone. I mean, most gone. of it, it's gone. And our, most of our soil, our planted soil, it's gone. And that, that in itself is like, it, one of the, the people I follow, his name's Aaron Alexander. I'm a huge fan of this guy. He's this really fit dude, and he's like, listen, I don't buy many supplements, but if there is one supplement that I am going to put in my body, it is going to be magnesium because it regulates so many systems, and we don't we, – it's, it's hard to get from our food, even if you eat like I do. Like I eat as good as I possibly can from local farms, and I still know that even those farms are not having the best of the, – the, the content of magnesium that we used to have in our soil hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. You know, it's interesting. We watched a very interesting um, documentary called The Biggest Little Farm. Oh, my my God. Love it. Absolutely. One of my favorite things on earth. Yes. And think how long it took them, how many years to build the soil, Mm. right? In order to get to the point where they can actually get crops that were good. Yeah. Healthy and that provided nutrition. It took them almost 10 years to get the soil that way. Mind-blowing. How many farms are going to tend to the soil for 10 years before they start producing crops? There's no money in that. There's no money in it. And the kicker is, is this too, because now that that farm is running, and if they, if you look at how that farms, by the way, anybody who's listening, highly advised, go check out that documentary because it will give you a new perspective on what patients can do for you. Because this family took the time to spend time and watch how mother nature can synergistically take care of all of the problems that they could, you could try to fight all day. And every time they tried to fight a problem without using mother nature, it caused more problems. Right. And then as soon as they allowed mother nature to do its work and all they did was move things around so they could work with mother nature, all of a sudden now you get this farm that not only has got the healthiest soil, it's like self-sustaining. It does a lot of its own work for them. They don't have to go out and spray pesticides on everything or go out and catch the mice. They work the system so the snakes can catch the mice and the the mice can catch the bugs. And the the chickens eat the snails. And it was incredible absolutely literally like that for me that i i witness i have a two-year-old daughter and my wife and i are in this big deal of like i feel like the the world especially our particular country really needs to start moving in that direction if we want to have a future for my daughter that is more than just technology is great don't get me wrong the reason why we're doing all this stuff is because of technology it's cool but we can't allow this to become the thing that defines us because a uh, computer doesn't produce oxygen or magnesium or any of these that uses it. <laughs> it might use some of that stuff, but it doesn't produce it. So if we don't start going back in the direction of like that, we may never be able, this stuff might not even be worth it after a while because we'll just be so malnutritioned and so frustrated as humans because we just don't have the nutrients in our body to be able to sustain. So, mm. Absolutely.
Mm. Absolutely. So, so that's, I would say right now, that is our task at hand is to educate. And we've done that. Patients come in and we really take the time to educate them on how to eat healthier, how to help themselves, how to read labels, how to provide good uh, vitamins and minerals. And here's the other thing. And I think this is the the best thing we do for the patient is they'll bring in their supplements from home and they'll say, well, I have fish oil at home or I have vitamin B or I have, and we use something called muscle testing as an analysis and we'll muscle test and you can muscle test five different products that are all supposedly the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, wow, my body can actually absorb this one, Mm -hmm. but this one it, it doesn't want. And a muscle test is like a, uh, like if you push on, is that one of those tests yes. where you push on someone's yes. arm and they can push hold on someone's it. arm and you're activating the sensory motor nervous system, which gives you the information. And it really is incredible to watch a patient kind of as the light bulb goes on and they say, wow, I've been taking this for years. And I guess my body, it, it didn't give me any value. And I said, nope, didn't give you any value yet. Look at this product. And they'll say, wow. So very often if a patient comes in and they have supplements that they're doing great with, great. I don't tell them they have to buy what's in my office. If what they have is providing the best value and, and um, they're going to gain the most benefit out of it, right? Use what you have. I'm, right. I'm good with that. But use what you're going to be able to absorb and utilize because otherwise you're just throwing your money out. And that's the biggest thing that people don't realize. Oh, I read, you know, turmeric's really good for this. And, you know, uh, I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't mean it's good for you or that you need it. Mm, or that your particular system is is it is going to utilize it. Some for people me, didn't. Yeah. I'm allergic to turmeric and never knew it until I did one of our fit tests. And, you know, I said, well, it's supposed to be an anti-inflammatory. I was having an issue, my knee, and I'm like, well, it's not really working. And I feel lousy on this. And then I took a foot test and went, oh, well, now I know why. My body can't absorb it, can't utilize it. It sees it as an allergen. Mm. So just because it's a good product doesn't mean it's good for you. Mm. That Your body can actually metabolize it or utilize it. And so that is, I think, a benefit that we provide to our patient to really enlighten them in what pathways they have so that they can absorb the best of what's out there and get the most for their money, basically. And that's what I think it's most beautiful is I can tell that what you guys are doing is not driven by what most of the medical system is driven by. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way. It's just, it's just been a program. It's just been that way. It's not a financial gain so much for you guys. It's because if it was, you would tell those other people like, Hey, yeah, your medication's great, but like, let's, let's try our supplements instead. You're not doing that. Your, your, your end goal is let's make you, because I think, I think what you're discovering is, is that when you actually heal people for real and you don't just, you stop their symptoms for a few weeks, a few, few weeks until they have to come back to you. When you actually heal people, that word of mouth spreads faster than anything else in the world. When someone can go to you and they're like, listen, I've been dealing with this hip pain and anxiety or chest, all these things for 25 years. And I went to these people and it's, it's going away and it's almost gone. And I don't think I'll ever have to take a medication again. That's the stuff that keeps coming. That, that's the stuff that like, okay, I think I'm going to go talk to those people. Because after a while, my father is just now starting to come off of his opiates that he had to take for both of his shoulder replacements, all the stuff. And he started having some serious issues got to a point where his he was his opiates weren't the, the medication the opiate medication was not working anymore he was overtaking it to get it to work he was in more pain and i said t- i kept telling him i said dad 
I said, I love you. And I know that you're in pain. You work hard. But I said, I want to tell you that I, be- I guarantee you that most of the pain that you are in right now is not a result of the actual shoulders and the things, the ailments that you have. It's you are withdrawing from your medication and it's sending an overall signal to your entire body of pain. And as we've started to work through taking him off those, not only has his entire physical body changed because he has no more bloat. He was so swollen from taking so much opiates for so long. His whole body just was all swollen out. He looks, he looks so much better. He's just functioning better. He's not in, he's in pain. He has pains in his shoulders and stuff because he's got two shoulder replacements and he's an auto mechanic. <laughs> so he's like this in the air all day and he's a stubborn old Italian. So trying to get him to change it is like very difficult. That's a whole nother story. But yeah, he's, he's managing better. He's not in the kind of pain that he was in before. So yeah, it's just, it, there's a very, systems all have to get changed. We're working on, and you guys are doing it. I love it. I'm excited. <laughs> you know, we always say when people ask us, um, it's not, it, it really isn't what we do. It's mm-hmm. how we live our life. The work we do is not what we do. It's how we live our life. I mean, totally. this is, it's our passion. It's what we do. It's how we serve. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, I think that's the thing that people really say the most about us. And today, for instance, we had a patient come in. My husband saw her and he calls me into the room and he says, do you know what today is? And I thought about it and he said, what happened 30 years ago today? And I realized it was the first time this patient ever walked through our doors. Whoa. It was her 30th anniversary and she was sitting there. She came into us when she was 19 years old. Her parents brought her in. And she was sitting in our exam room today with her 10-year-old and her 8-year-old. Oh, how so Not only have we watched her grow up, but she and her husband and her children come into our office. Mm. And that is very typical in our office, three and four generations of families that we take care of. Mm. And we do that because they know that if they come to us, we're going to take the time. We're going to figure out what's going on to the best of our knowledge. And if it's something that we feel that needs medical attention, we'll tell them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can do X, Y, Z, but for this, I want you to go get an mm-hmm. MRI of this, of that. Go see your primary. So they, they come to us first. Mm-hmm. And if we say to them, you need to see your medical doctor, they know they need to see their medical doctor. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. So empowering. It's empowering. Mm-hmm. And it's the trust that we've built mm-hmm. over all of these years practicing with our patients. Mm-hmm. Because for us, we don't do the healing. We're the conduit to mm-hmm. bring you to the healing. Yes. That's the difference. Yes. That's the difference. In that how is empowering. That's mm-hmm. empowering for people to know that the, the, we are the vehicle for the healing. You are the conduit to help us see that. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is, is something that I think once the greater population starts making that understanding. We'll see a vast change in the way everybody treats this wonderful vehicle we've all been given to live in, you know? Their gift. Yeah. Where can people find you guys? Because I, I think after this, you're going to have a lot of people coming to try to find you guys. Where can they come and go look for you? Well, yeah. So our <laughs> office is located in Walpole, Massachusetts. Beautiful. Um, and so we're the Holistic Center at Bristol Square in Walpole, Massachusetts. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Holistic Center um, at Bristol Square. <laughs> um, and then there's an email. Should I give the info at? Uh, it's info at uh, Holistic Center at Bristol Square.com. 
beautiful. And I'll link it all in the description too. So everybody can actually go down there and click on it if they need to and just go find it a lot easier. Yeah. And so we get patient, we get, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And so we get um, people uh, messaging us, you know, through Facebook and we answer mm -hmm. that, but they can also call us at 508-660-2722. Um, our staff is phenomenal. They've been with us for years um, and we really are a family and um, they will answer all their questions. And what's really nice too is very often if a patient calls and they'll say, you know, I really want to come in and see the doctor, but I'm not sure the problem I'm having is something they can help me with. Mm -hmm. We, my secretary will take their number and after hours we call them and we just speak with them on the phone and do a consult there. There's no charge for that to see if it's a good fit for them to come into our office so they don't waste their time. Mm, that is so amazing. See, that's what I mean. That's why I love you guys. Oh, the future. So <laughs> many doctors do that. They don't. Zero. <laughs> Right. Right. You guys are the future. It, it, it also works for our schedule because you know what? Being that the office is very busy, it takes it, you know, instead of having to um, change, you know, rush through anything, it's easier for ourselves that, to be able to answer those questions. And so if they choose to come in, we've already, you know, exceeded you know, a certain level and then we can get down to moving forward with what we need to find out. Right, we've done a lot of the consult over the phone, so to speak, mm, so when yeah. we come in, we already in our head have an idea of how do we wanna proceed with the exam. Mm. And so we found that it really helps for the patient because they don't feel rushed and for us, and we can really give them our undivided attention to know exactly what's going on and make their experience a much better experience in our office and for us, it gives us more information so we can help them. It's, mm. it's a win-win. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. Well, I, uh, I'm super grateful for you guys. I'm actually super even more grateful because I live in Massachusetts, so I can actually come and see hey. you guys <laughs> if I need to come and see you guys, which I would love to because uh, I think there are things that I could probably, especially chiropractically-wise, I think we talked about this briefly, Dr. B, when we had the Quantum Healing Collective. My back is extremely jacked up. I have clicks in my hip and all sorts of stuff, and so I'm sure there's some things we could work through. So... We might have to make some of that happen. That would be awesome. Well, it would be great. I'd love for you to see the office and, you know, see where we practice and, yes. you know, walk in and feel the energy that most people tell us they feel when they walk into our office. And, you know, we don't have glass up and it's very open. And yes. unfortunately now we're all in masks. But <laughs> yeah. prior to this, we weren't in masks and we don't wear totally. white coats. And, you know, the idea is that we're your partner in health. And I would love for you to come to the office, see the office and, and, you know, just further the conversation. I that really sounds would. beautiful. Mm. Well, I want to acknowledge both of you for leading the charge and like I, being a for being, being a, a, a voice to this whole, I don't want to say new side, because I feel like this has been around for, for a long time, but it's, it's reemerging. It's, it's a, and it's a system. I think that once people understand, they will see value in it that far exceeds what we have right now because there is an actual healing that can take place. Mm -hmm. So I'm super, super grateful for what you guys are doing and, and the, the continued learning that you guys continue to keep doing too. So you can be the greatest vessel for healing for your patients as possible. So thank you, Dr. Mike. Thank you, Dr. Michelle. Thank you guys so much for everything. Super. And appreciate thank it. you for having us. Joe. Yeah. This is wonderful. Well, I, love, I love that you're doing this podcast and getting information out. I think it's wonderful. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, we'd be very happy to come back another time, but I would Let's love to really meet you and have you come to the office and, and get to know you better.
Awesome. That sounds fantastic. We'll have to do that. Mm. Okay. Terrific. Thank you. Much love All to right. you both. And we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good one. Sounds great. Bye. Take Bye. care. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining me on another episode of the Longer Life Podcast. I That episode was cool as all get out for me. I hope you guys enjoyed Dr. Rochelle and Dr. Mike as much as I did. I'm so grateful that they're local to me. I'm really looking forward to having an experience at their office and being able to share with you guys my experience with them. Um, as you can hear, this is a complete lifestyle for, for them. They live this sleep this eat this breathe this and that's what excites me most it's not just a, a, a something that they do for a living it's their life and you can feel that in their conversation you can and, and i'm sure as a patient you can feel that because they're going to do everything that they can do to heal you i mean even as far as taking phone calls on off hours is that how i mean that's just it's too awesome it's too awesome so uh, definitely go check out them out. Go check out their Facebook page. Even if you're not local, um, I'm sure that they would be welcome to. I hope they're not upset that I say this, but I'm sure they'd be happy to answer questions for you. They are the nicest people I've, I've ever met. I'm so excited to meet them in person. So um, much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you all who have uh, gone to the support button and clicked the, that and supported the show. I'm incredibly grateful for y'all um yeah you guys are awesome and i hope you have a beautiful week this week um it's like getting to that fall season up here in new england so uh you know it's starting to get a little bit more cool nights happening and it's the sun's starting to go in a little bit earlier so we are in the season of shifting and hopefully we can uh make some shift happen in our own lives and that's what the game's all about so much love to y'all, and we will see you next Monday. Peace out.